we welcome Dream King on to discuss which Street Fighter V characters are just too easy to use and win with. Also, we take a look into one of the easiest to understand yet hardest to remember lessons and Catalyst rights a wrong, all on this week's edition of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. What's up, what's up? Hey, and then we also have Stephen Dream King Chavez joining us today uh, because we definitely want his thoughts on the subject we're going to get into. Yeah, to quote the uh, legendary early 2000s uh, music group Stained, it's been a while. So, mm, yes. Yeah. But uh, unlike a Stained song, I'm actually happy. I'm happy to be here. So, <laughs> How long did you think about that intro joke just, last just night now. when you nope. were considering? I just came really? Off yep. the cuff. I'm good. I'm that good. Right on. <laughs> But um, actually, before we get started, uh, we have some breaking news. That's my breaking news sound. That's the best I've got. But I have surpassed Sako in the CFN online points thing, thus proving I am a better player than Sako. And we're going to totally ignore that like whole you know uh, CPT point things that like you, you play for like a half million dollars, a quarter of a million dollars, whatever, because that doesn't matter. I have more online points than Sako now. Get wrecked, scrub. Ten points. I did it. I'm way better than him. The Japanese so. God Slayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually shocked I passed him up, but uh, Sako actually mainly plays in battle lounges and other things, and I still his technology and then say it's mine, so I'm better than him. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations on. on your achievement. Yeah, good yes, stuff, John. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're actually going to get right into this here. We brought in Dream King because uh, both him and I have been looking around at some of the cast members and going, Damn. These characters are really frustrating to play against for like how little investment they kind of take to get good with them. And it's basically, again, this is a very simple premise of they're too easy to play for how strong they are. Like these are the characters in Street Fighter V we kind of feel like need the biggest changes. And I'll get us kicked off here with, I think, someone we kind of all agree with, and that is uh, M. Bison. Uh, this is a character I actually played previously before I started playing Monat, and I actually dropped the character due partially to how dumb he was and just how easy to play he was. He is just ridiculously stupid. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go around the horn here real quick and just see, do you guys agree with that Bison is just pretty much like, a, like okay, I could just kind of hit buttons and really get pretty darn far with the character? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a big uh, pattern with some of these characters or with all the characters we're going to talk about today. It's, you know, being able to just hit buttons and kind of get success for it. And, and I know that, you know, Street Fighter V kind of has this, you know, reputation for being that, right? Um, but I feel like the characters we're talking about today, and Bison included, are very much, uh, you know, the culprits here of like, they get a lot of success for just kind of hitting buttons and doing stuff. And and bison playing against that character online is just uh it's it's such a nightmare you know if you're you're trying to block all the buttons you're trying to block his dashes you know especially when v trigger one comes out he just uh, he gets so much for so little it feels like especially at a lower level too and we'll we'll dive into that later on but it's you know man that character he he needs some changes i think well your first problem is that you're trying to block dashes <laughs> I'm trying to block everything. I'm just hoping I could survive, and I usually yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> With this topic, and we haven't discussed much, it sounds like maybe you guys have a little bit, but I was not privy to any previous conversations. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around the particulars of this topic because I'm not sure exactly how to kind of quantify it in a, in a meaningful way um, over, over the topic of these characters just need to be nerfed. So, uh, But I, I do know that Bison has some BS, 
and I do know that that he has some really good strengths that are fairly easy to do. But I would like to hear your argument for the character before I kind of make a a judgment one way or the other. Right now, um, I'll actually kind of address the subject head on, like in terms of everyone that we're going to be talking about that kind of fits into this category, and that would be the basic notion that. Okay, I can play Monat, I can, you know, go play Poison or something like that, who are very technical characters who require quite a bit of skill to play. They're they're very hard to play. Or I can play Bison and have it way easier and actually be a better character. Because we, we all have top uh, Bison in our top five, top four, like when we did our tier list. We think he's one of the best characters in the game. So why would I play a character who's way tougher to play and worse? And I get, you know, aesthetics are a thing, like, you know, personalities, all that kind of stuff. Like, a lot of people play characters for, you know, their their outward appearances or whatever. I get that. But from a pure gameplay standpoint, why would I not just pick Bison? Like, it's easy mode. Like, I, I have just turned on easy mode in Street Fighter V. Why would I not do that? Yeah, that's what I tend to do. I try to play fairly simple characters. Um, I, I, this is, I think Nikali's the simplest I've ever played. Um, but I felt the same way with Goken, that I could just fall back into a few certain things and that's all I'd have to do. I, but the idea of a very technical character where I have to juggle a lot of different things at once does not tickle my fancy. Yeah, and it, it, there's right. a stark difference when you play a character that requires a lot of, you know, the mental gymnastics and stuff to play versus playing somebody that's, you know, on the simpler side of things. You feel it. You feel it right away. Like, it, it's it's hard to explain, but you get in there and you go, okay, like, I'm trying to do stuff that I think would work and it's not working. Like, it does, like, with a technical character, right? Like, you're probably going to lose a lot until you actually get a good understanding for a technical character versus, you know, playing a character like a Nikali or, you know, an M. Bison. You go in there and you go, oh, I can hit standing heavy kick and I'm getting success off of this. I'm winning off of this and I can kind of just do stuff and it works a lot of the time because it's so good. It's so good, especially at that level, right? And yeah. that's kind of and the I difference. Yeah, and I think so... Right? That the, uh, the, a big distinction that as I was pondering this myself, I kept coming down to needing, a big distinction that I needed mm-hmm. was, we're talking about it here on the level of character, mm-hmm. but my mind goes very quickly to the, the more specific level of certain moves. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, maybe if a character has so many easy to do moves, then they're falling into this particular category that you guys are, are, are talking or that we're talking about right now. But I've found it as I explore to be more helpful to look at specific moves. But I'm not saying we need to do that here. But I want to hear your argument for M. Bison and, and the rest of the, the characters that you have on the list, though. Yeah, I mean, the main thing for Bison, I think, is his normals. Uh, I mean, there's how many things like how many things can you change in these games that would dramatically alter how good a character is? And we've seen that before. Right. And then how many things can you give to Vega and still not have him be a good (laughs) character? Uh, You just kind of never know where it's going to end up. But like where I actually would start with Bison is mostly his normals on block uh, and somewhat on hit. Just he's uh, I love Nick's uh, line about Bison. And he's like, why is Bison always smiling? Because he's never minus, you know, like he's he's always. Yeah, you're never negative. And it's just like, uh, just always positive. Yeah. Yeah. Your character is just freaking insane. Um, When he gets in your face and it's just like, okay, so maybe you increase the pushback on his normals. Maybe you do this. Maybe you do that. And I do try to steer away a little bit from hardcore specifics because we don't know how that stuff is actually going to add up. Like we think in paper in our minds, like we go, okay, yeah, this is what you need to do. But then you actually put it in practice and you go, oh crap, like I just Vega this Mm -hmm. character, you know, like that's not good. Um, So 
I, I do try to like, you know, give Capcom the benefit of the doubt there of terms not, of not giving them specifics because they're actually able to to make builds of the stuff and test it out and, and, you know, have some other things where we're not able to do that. We're, we're dealing strictly with theories and on paper and other stuff like that. So I do think there's benefit in discussing some specifics, but I do try to steer too much from that because it's like we just don't have it to play test it. Right. Like we can't get into that. Mm hmm. So for Bison, you're saying that his up close pressure with his where he seems to lock you down for days. And that does, I mean, that is pretty much the case. What it comes down to is you either have to V-reversal one of the heavier moves or you have to make the decision, will he continue the pressure and, and steal the pressure back away because he's so positive or will he make the true block string? Um, but, you know, as uh, I feel like that's Bison's strength and, yes. and it's very good and it's, it's carried the character very high up the tier list. But I don't feel like that's necessarily a, 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 so easy to do that that's what's making the character, uh, you know, broken. I think that there are other parts of it. And like, I would say something like maybe the fact that he's able to get to that place very easily with things like scissor kick or sweep into activate, that would be too easy for the reward. But I think Bison's up close game, for example, is very strong, but it's supposed to be. And there are answers to it. And... I actually do have some fun playing that game of do I counter here? Like, do I do I try to stop him because I think he's going to take the space again? Or do I think he's, you know, and, and uh, I think that, you know, it, it there's a whole game that goes into that. So I would find it with Bison, if, if this were an argument for him, I think it's more in his ability to get to the really, uh, his really strong place and the ease of doing so. Right, and I my counter on that would be, um, you play a character with maybe the best up-close normals in the entire game. You have three frames and five frame normals uh, with your lights and your mediums that are really quick and great. And your ability to interrupt and to mess with Bison is quite a bit better than your average character. Uh, again, Nikali's normals up-close are godlike. Uh, maybe the best in the game. I'm not sure. It's close enough, right? Um, and, and so that would be my counterpoint to that. Well, as far as Nikali's up close, I mean, I think the, the main thing there is a three-frame jab, which some characters don't have, but some characters absolutely do have. Five-frame uh, medium normals are incredible. That's really good. Like how, yeah, but, it, it is. When you do not have those, and I have like seven-frame <laughs> medium punches and whatnot, um, you really feel it. Like I played Karen before. I played a number of other characters in this game, and five-frame mediums are so wonderful to have. Right, but you're not using that when you're being locked down by Bison. You're you're pushing you the be. fastest button. You no, because you're going to get frame trapped for days. I mean, but, again, when Bison pushes you out far enough, like I'm even using my mediums. Mm -hmm. Like he's you're able to use that stuff like it's you, again you have to know when to interrupt bison that's exactly what you're talking oh. about like, like you know okay like bison's gonna go for something i can interrupt him with this i have a five frame or i have a seven frame my window for success is quite a bit better with that five frame especially uh, when you can hit confirm into it right right so when you've when he's pushed himself out and you've already weathered that storm and now you have the opportunity to press a medium button sure um or you could press a heavy button there too uh, but i've found very consistently that when you are in that space uh, Nikali's stubbiness versus Bison's slightly better reach and speed. Bison wins uh, um, more so than I think any other character uh, at that range with those buttons. I've, I've found like my answer with Nikali where I normally do play some footsies there is I need to be closer or farther for Bison specifically because of how his normals beat my normals because of how stubby they are or just because of the ranges that are left like like after a tech throw which is once you've escaped that up close game a tech throw is that kind of distance there um, but almost everything Bison does from that range 
is going to beat Nicali's. It's it's almost comical of how how he wins there. Right, but you also have to remember too that Nicali always has the threat of EX uppercut, right? Assuming you have the meter, you always have an EX reversal that they have to think about, right? The Bison player has to think, okay, there's he has meter, he might EXDP here. And that's a really good, you know, defensive option to just even the threat of it. You don't even have to use it. Just the idea that you have it is is really good, right? And so a character that doesn't have that, and a character that doesn't have three frame normals and things like that, five frame, you know, medium buttons, what do they do? They sit there and they just have to endure it and hope they can find an opening and try to be reversal. reversal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, as somebody who plays G and doesn't really have too much there in terms of defense, it's like I have to weather that storm and then I need to try to, you know, make sure I'm reading a standing heavy kick basically so that I can V-reversal it. But a lot of times he's doing medium punches and then walking back in, medium punch, doing whatever. So then a lot of times I V-reversal the standing heavy kick late and he's still he's still in my face. And there goes my V-reversal. Mm-hmm. So it's so, it's pretty difficult to deal with right there. And, and for G, for him, you know, specifically, I always usually wait till he pushes himself out and then I try to predict the um, the down forward uh, heavy punch, whatever it's called, cycle axe, right? And I try to interrupt that. The devil with a me- did. Yeah, exactly. I try to interrupt that with a medium punch, a uh, crouching medium. But it's there's a lot there, but it's, it's really tough to deal with. And it's like, well, he can just do this all day. And I have to kind of hold that. If I don't have the right options, if I don't have the right reads, I'm pretty much screwed there. And that's too easy for, for Bison to do, right? And that's that's kind of yeah, our, our argument here. So, exactly. John, you played the character. Did you have, I don't, I don't know, did you have like um, a response as far as what you would do to to fix this problem? I mean, um, I'll, I'll back this up here just real quick and say that um, I spent years arguing, uh, what is it, Street Fighter Theory and stuff over IRC with people. And it's it's why I do try to steer away from specifics because we'll we'll be here for like five hours discussing Bison's normals, you know, type That's thing. And we'd have on just no, <laughs> yeah, no trouble filling that up and whatnot. Uh, but basically, that is kind of the heart of the matter. I really don't think that Bison's mobility is so much the issue. It's just that once he gets in, he is so hard to get off of you. Uh, especially, again, I play a character like Monat. You guys are like, yeah, if you reversal i'm like yeah i'm gonna really v reversal that stuff and appear right on his other side so we can crush counter me with his heavy kick you know it's there's enough characters in this game that just kind of have to hold that pressure because they either like a three frame normal are they like good normals to kind of escape from that and really punish bison for what he's doing and i think that that you have to keep that strength there for bison or you know you might as well make him like the worst character in the game but you can tone that strength down and instead of making that a just dominant factor in matches, that's really not hard to do. You're pretty much just pressing buttons all day long. Um, I, I get it. I played the character. There's more to it than that. But it's also you are able to get away with kind of murder when you're up in someone's face and just kind of hitting buttons all day. That's not a lot of calculated thought and approach that's going in there. And that's fundamentally where I think the character is too strong right now. And, and most people are putting him right around the top five, top four He's not winning tournaments left and right. There are worse problems in this game. But again, when you address those other worse problems that we've talked about with Akuma and Rashid, Bison's going to jump way the hell up there. So you don't want to leave this character alone. I think he's someone you definitely need to address before you move on. Yeah, and, and moving away from the specifics of like what nerfs do we want to see for these characters, like the, the overarching idea that we're talking about here today with the characters are... You know, these these fighters are simple and linear by design. Like, that's what they're supposed to do, right? They're they're meant to be, you know, these characters want to be up in your face. They want to pressure you. And if they're not in your face, they're going to be there pretty soon, right? That, that's their game plan. And that's fine. Like, it's fine that it's good, but it probably shouldn't be that good for how easy it is to use. It's like, if you have characters, like every fighting game should have characters that are, you know, more entry level, right? You want to have characters that new players can jump in with and find success with, of course. Like, that's definitely what you want. But 
when that's too good, then it's like, well, maybe there's there should be some adjustments here. It's because, you know, like John was saying earlier, like, why are you going to spend so much time trying to practice a poison, right? Who takes a ton of time to learn and figure out all the different things that make her work. And then, you know, versus playing a character like Bison, who's top five, potentially, right? And especially with, you know, the tournament scene, what it is now in esports, like, you don't have that much time to risk that stuff, right? Like, you want to get in there and make sure that you're winning uh, optimally. And, and why are you going to spend all this time learning a super technical character that's probably not going to get you as far when you can just pick up a character like Bison, play him, you know, play really well. Yeah, your incentives are backwards at that point, and that leads to bad character variety and usage, and that hurts your game. You know, that hurts your game from a, a viewership standpoint. It hurts it from a DLC sales standpoint. It's like, well, I've got Bison already. You know, I've got these other characters. Why not? Why don't I play them? And I actually wonder well, if I, Capcom took this into account um, real quick with Ed and Falk. Were they actually designed with this in mind that these characters are easy to play, so we're going to make them worse? And most people have Ed and Falk as actually bottom-tier characters in this game. There's very few people that I see out there like, oh, yeah, these characters are great, you know, type thing, or even mid-tier. Most everyone's got them near the bottom of the list. It might, might not be rock bottom for everyone, but they're near there for most people. So with that in mind, and they're the easiest characters in terms of inputs, did Capcom do that on purpose? Did they literally do this on purpose and say, we're making these characters, but they're going to kind of suck? Well, you can see like every character pretty much after launch, like the after the initial launch roster was very much, um, there was a very different style in the way that they designed them. It felt like the characters, all the DLC characters, you know, beyond the launch and everything were were very much, um, you know, kind of designed the way it's, it feels like Capcom wanted them to be, right? Like you look at characters like, you know, season two, like Minot or something, right? Like, there's a lot more to that character than, say, you know, of course, like in Akali or even, you know, Vanilla Bison or any of those characters, Ryu, stuff like that. Like, there's a lot more to these these characters. And there is a very good argument to be had there of like, hey, maybe Ed and Falk were, you know, kind of the realization of what those simple characters were supposed to be. And that's why they're not that great, because they're meant to be, hey, I can jump in and do stuff with, but they probably shouldn't be, you know, at the top of the tier list. Right. And that's, you know, that's probably something that did happen. So. I think that ease of play is a significant factor. Um, and I think that it does uh, go into the entire equation of, well, everything that we're talking about and the attractiveness of a character to people that might play them, um, to the feeling of balance, all of these things, it's, it's relevant. But as to how relevant, I feel like it's a fairly small like, part of the whole balance uh, uh, or question of balance. I think you can use it a little bit because of the sense of satisfaction of doing something and because of the sense of justice when it's being done to you. But here's a, here's a way of looking at it. Pick one of the lowest hanging fruit examples in the game of something that's just way too easy to do that gives someone way too much. What's one of the things that comes to you guys' heads? Just anything. V-trigger activation. Sure, V-trigger activation. So, uh, and in any specific character, we'll say G's low rush or something like that, because that gets a whole bunch <laughs> of flack. Of course we will. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Well, we could say <laughs> no, Nicole's no, roundhouse. That's fine, I, too. I it doesn't, agree. like... So, okay, now, what if in the next update, they made it so that you still have that, and it still existed exactly as it does now, but it required a series of very intense and strict inputs that a lot of players couldn't do. But some could, maybe like 10%, who knows. But and then it happens to you. Do you feel, like, does your reaction there go, oh, but that was hard to do? Or does your reaction there still go, 
well, this sucks because of the basic situational uh, position I'm in in the game, and I don't really care that much. It's like maybe I'll give a little bit more of a tip of the cap to my opponent who was able to pull off this thing that I know is hard to do. But still, this process that I'm seeing on the screen, you know, you know where the character was and what they got out of this, still doesn't feel very balanced. I think there's, like again, it's a little bit of a significance to it, but I don't think that that's like the main actor in this play. Oh man, I think it's a yeah. giant significance. I I think that when you're watching Sako do his you know Manat V Trigger wine combos, they're cheap as hell with the situations that put you in. But you realize that how difficult that was to pull off. You're like, yeah. And Capcom's history and, and fighting game history has been locking down par- powerful, very powerful techniques behind an execution wall. Uh, a seven twenty, a standing seven twenty, is hard for a lot of players to do. You know, you can you can do it. You can master that and whatnot, but most like great like Zangief players or whatever to do with standing 720, they had to work on it for quite some time. And there's that margin of human error that goes in that, that yeah, you can do that, but if you mess up, you're a dead man, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's a huge part of these games. And yeah, there's some degree of like, ah, that's cheap. But if it's locked behind a heavy execution wall, the history of fighting games shows like most people are okay with that. Like Eddie and Guilty Gear, he was like this ridiculously strong character, um, but he's also like the most difficult to play in the game. And most people, Yeah, most people considered him fine because it's like, well, you locked it behind an execution wall. Okay, I'm good with that. But Minot was still nerfed, and it was still specifically her V-trigger, her access to that. Like, that was just too much. And and the community was still happy to see that, widely speaking. We were looking, one of the first places people went were, what are the Minot changes? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and and then so one other point on that, and then I'll I'll be done with this particular you know the, the avenue. But I I tried to take this to the most extreme example that I could, just to see uh, you know how far you can go before it doesn't seem to hold up anymore. And so I was thinking to myself, well, what if you had a sequence uh, just like what I just described about V trigger cancels? But it was a sequence that was very hard to do. Very few players could do it. But if you did it and you entered this sequence then the, your character would just automatically win the round. Something along yeah. those lines. And we go, oh, no, that because that detracts from what we're trying to do here. We're trying to play a round of Street Fighter, and there are certain parameters that we want to see, or fighting games in general, and there are certain parameters that we want to see this fought in. And that goes outside of those parameters. So there is an example of when just because something's extremely hard to do, you still don't want it in the game because it still detracts from the game. Well, I'll, I'll and jump so, in here really quickly and let you know that that already exists in Street Fighter. It's fully charged turnaround punch from, from Balrog, right? I mean, that's that can kill you in one hit, and you have to charge it for like a full minute or whatever. You have to find the hit. You can't. No, you it. have to hit it. Yeah, and you, you have, have to, to hit find it. Yeah, the hit. No, I mean, like, you have to, yeah, you have to actually get the person, you know, opened up to hit them. And it's, So the risk-reward on that is balanced, though. Yeah, I mean, if you get hit with that, don't you think something, you know, maybe went wrong on your end that you let yourself get hit? By what that? I'm saying, though, in my fantasy example is if you do this, like you just auto- it just stop. Doesn't matter where the life bars are. It just says so and so wins. That's I mean, that's kind of a, which yeah. is the most extreme example. So I'm saying, though, that it, we can go there. So then you say, well, OK, maybe I dial it back a little bit and and do the same test with a less extreme example and you go okay well then is this too much is this too much but the fact is there are parameters where just because something's hard to do doesn't mean it should still be in the game like and and the the difficulty uh, in doing it I, does not balance it i have a great example of that that everyone knows very well and i've campaigned against these hardcore option selects a number of option selects are very hard to do but they can create game over checkmate situations for your opponent if you pull them off perfectly 
And, and that's an example I think a lot of people can just relate to right there. Uh, there are definitely times and places where that is not okay. But it, it, it is all about the context of it. If, you know, Zangief's uh, 720 did 5,000 damage, it's probably too much. But it does like, you know, half your life, you know, 60% of your life or something like that. It's a lot. And he can win off of that, but he's not, it's not a guaranteed KO kind of scenario. And, and I feel like, you know, most people actually kind of agree that, that Zangief's 720 uh, comeback mechanics are about in line with the character. Yeah. All right, so we're actually uh, 23 minutes in here, so we better get to the other characters that we have on our list and start talking about them because we, we went hard on Bison, which makes a lot of sense. He is a top four, top five character in this game. Uh, he's probably w- one of the most egregious examples when people think of too basic of a character. Uh, but the other two that we, we've got up here um, are Nikali and Kami. Um, and I actually think these characters are maybe a little bit easier to play than Bison. And I know that sounds a little bit wild, but Bison's got some V-Trigger 2 combos and other juggles and whatnot that he has to kind of pull off with the character. Uh, I agree. Again, his up-close stuff is a little bit, you know, harder to, to too easy to do, I should say. But he also has some harder juggle combos where I don't think I've ever seen a Nikali or Kami player have to do any of those kind of juggle stuff to get by. You know, they get by with just very, very basic stuff. Um, so... Steven and I actually went into training mode and, and put some extra time into Nikali and Kami and then looked at a few other characters like uh, Birdie, you know, and and even like, you know, Akuma and Rashid and all that kind of stuff to fill if those characters were basically kind of at the same kind of basic, like really easy to play level. And really, these are the three characters that stood out to us the most. most. Uh, Bison, Kami, Nikali, like they were just way too freaking easy to play. And, and you guys might be jumping out and immediately saying, hey, Nikali, like that character doesn't even do anything. And I go, hey, wait a second. That character's placements from Evo to today, like and the CPT, he's gotten top eight six times, top 32 nine times, and top 64 four times. <laughs> How many of those this are macho, char- though? Yeah, th- well, I mean, it's a bunch of other people, too. It's Phenom. It's a bunch of other characters. Phenom's like, a been lot using of- Karen almost exclusively this year. Uh, he's made Nikali, actually, in a few a tournaments since then. And he uses um, he uses Nikali, actually, still quite a bit, depending on the matchups and stuff like that. He goes, he's he is more Karen right now. Um, but again, at a tournament, I don't think he played Karen a single time. And he actually played just Nikali in that, that span since Evo. So it, it is, it, he's a character that's definitely still common enough in tournament. And again, it goes back to that whole premise of, yeah, I could play, you know, a technical character, but why not just pick the cheap and easy but stuff? But no one plays Nikali. <laughs> he's like an well, easiest character to play and no one plays him. Well, there's, we have, we do a lot of the, um, the, the character usage stats for tournaments uh, each weekend and, and I see Kami and, and Nikali in their, in the top 10 pretty much like consistently. I mean, there were just, you know, there were four Kami players and four Nikali players, um, you know, uh, at, at uh, Southeast Asia major not that long but ago. But who's the character that we talk about almost like since, since season one where he kind of had a bunch of people playing him and then he fell off like Nikali everyone's like no one plays the character and I know that's an overstatement but dude Gamer B's got four top eight finishes in 2019 alone mm-hmm. Gamer B plays uh, a lot more Cami than he, he plays, plays Nikali. Nikali more mm-hmm. nope you are wrong mm-hmm. you haven't been keeping up with results dog <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays he plays Nikali more than he plays Cami now yeah I mean a mm-hmm. lot of people still play these characters it's just that we don't talk about them as much I mean they're they're there they've been they've been being played it's just we're talking about the Rashids and the Akumas and stuff like that we're just not focused on that but it's it's definitely a thing yeah. it's there we had Nikali at 13th overall on our tier list. Kami was 7th, Bison was 4th. These are strong characters. These are not characters that are just like sitting there not doing anything. I, again, I just you know ran down the, the, the stats there. He's a character that's strong. Like uh, at the Japan Super Premier, there were 9 of them in the top 128. 
Uh, and at seam, he was right behind a Southeast Asia major. He was right behind Kami, Rashid, Bison, Akuma, and Ibuki for usage uh, near the very top of the list. Like, I do think Nikali is more of an issue in the Asia region than he is stateside. And I do think there's a point there that's definitely worth bringing up. It's like, well, you don't see him in the U.S. as often. And I have to agree. And I don't think you see him as often in Europe. Like, phenom aside, uh, I can't think of any European Nikali players. And my apologies, I know there's some out there. But he, but you go to the Asia region, and I do think you see the character quite a bit more there. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. So, John, you're 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 kind of jumping up here with the Nikali stuff and saying like, hey, he's not this like you play the character. Why do you think do you one? Do you agree with the sentiment that he's too powerful for how easy he is? No, I think he's easy. I don't think that he's too powerful for it. Why is that? I don't think that the character is getting the results. I think that and I don't think that he goes very far. I think he can, and I think Machibo has been an inspiration for a lot of people because he's been like the only one to be able to crack this top eight with this character solely. Everybody else that's been using him has been uh, using him more as a, a side character for certain matches and such. But in playing the character, his his strengths up close are great, sure. And mm-hmm. in Street Fighter Five, I mean, having having offense is. Like everybody has that man. Like Alex can melt you when he gets up in your face if if he's got fifty fifties to play off of. Everyone knows that. But it's like, how easy is it for the character to get into these positions? How you know, and how f- efficient are they once they're there? I think it's all a combination of all of these things together. And I don't think that when you put it up with Nikali and you and you measure the character, I don't think that his his ease of play is what's is is making him a broken character by any means. And I don't think that he's even getting the results to where you would call him a broken character. Oh, so going back to the the crux of our argument here, that we say he's too easy to play for how good he is. Like, what incentive would I have if I'm at the character select screen right now, and I don't care about the aesthetics of the character, I just care about winning? Why would I pick Manat over Nikali? If you only cared about winning, then you would pick the best character in the game. Right. But let's say I agree with that. Now, you would pick the best character if you only care about winning. But let's just say that uh, I, I like Nikali. Like, I'm, I'm between Nikali and Manat. There we go. I combined <laughs> their names there. Uh, between the two characters, why would I not pick I'm, him over, over the character that I have to put less effort into? Yeah, well, in a, in a specific situation where you've, you've made it where it's like, well, it's between two specific, specific characters and the person's motivation is this and there's like a bunch of qualifiers, then yes, the answer is going to be Nikali. But when the average person goes up to the character select screen, first of all, they're, most are not picking Nikali or, or necessarily all these super simple characters. Uh, I should just say Nikali because that's what we're talking about right now and I, we haven't exp- like talked about all the other ones. But one of the, th- the motivators in why you would pick a slightly harder character. I have an exact example of this um, from the other game I play, Heroes of the Storm. I was playing the easiest healer in the world. All you had to do was hit Q, and it would automatically heal anyone that was close to you over and over again. It was the simplest stuff ever, and she had some other stuff that made her even easier. I just recently switched to a much more difficult healer that takes specific um, intent on every character that you want to heal, when you want to heal them, how close you have to be, and there's a lot more that you're juggling, and I'm having way more fun and this became at the uh, at the tip of a friend that said, yeah, the character you're playing is just, I don't like her because she's way too easy. And I was like, that's silly. But then I explored this other one and I'm having a lot more fun doing it because there's a better sense of reward. There's a higher sense of reward when it's not as easy to do. So if that's something that's important to you and it very much can be something that's important to a lot of people, that would be a big reason as to why you would choose somebody that's a little bit harder to play. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, like our, our viewpoints on this stuff, like where we go with it. And I, playing a very highly technical character, like, like you do as well, mm -hmm. Stephen, both him and I think that G is a very highly technical character, very hard to play outside of V-Trigger yep. 1. V-Trigger 1 is brain dead easy, very simple to do. Um, and just realizing the mental fatigue that I'm putting myself under and, you know, the, the room for human error and all that kind of stuff. It feels to me like a character like these characters I'm talking about, Nikali, Kami, Bison, like they're getting too much free stuff. And I think that there is definitely a discussion point to be had, though, about their ceiling. Like, is their ceiling more limited because it's something John is uh, alluding to right now? And that is like, OK, but their results are, are not that great outside of Bison. Bison's a little bit kind of an exception here. Mm -hmm. um, but with Cammy and Nikali, their results are, are not incredible. They're good. They're not incredible. And, and, and so that's kind of like the drawback to playing these characters. Right. So then would you argue that actually if the results aren't that good, that means the character isn't a isn't as good as you know others and therefore sure maybe you're playing an easier to play character but their ceiling is there and that's the balance to them that could be but you're also again hurting your your usage and variety in the process mm -hmm. which again and, i think is a, a fundamental problem in these games that we're, we're talking about the lack of variety up and down because people just want to pick, pick the cheap stuff and win with it right and and that was actually a huge issue in ultimate marvel 3 uh with wolverine wolverine was dominating the game and actually what capcom did is they gave him his swiss cheese move <laughs> which basically meant if you spammed a button like you know it's five times basically it's a hundred hand slap for honda like he would go swiss cheese and like and it was like almost a worthless move but it showed that the the player was basically mashing out inputs trying to get something good to go with Wolverine and it was really a nerf for the character and you saw even like and Justin Wong is an incredible player incredible Marvel player but you even saw him doing Swiss cheese a few times and it's like it just made people have to be a little bit more on their their you know guard and whatnot in terms of not just kind of mashing stuff out like there is a history here of Capcom looking at stuff being too way too scrubby and saying yeah we're gonna to do some stuff to kind of like make some players like show some skill type thing and and wolverine was not dominating everything in marvel most people thought that dark phoenix was a bigger problem than than her now he was very good he was very common but he wasn't just completely dominating everything uh, back in marvel he was just he was that and yet capcom still jumped in and addressed him yeah, and, and just to note here, like, the, the goal here isn't to say, like, hey, we want to nerf, you know, Nikali, Kami, and Bison into the ground. Like, that's that's not what we're aiming for. It's not what we're talking about. It's just toning stuff down a little bit so that there's a little bit more, you know, they're not as good as they are for how little you're putting into them. And, and that's kind of the idea here. And it's, you know, um, both John and I messed around with Nikali and stuff after playing, you know, Monat and G, and it's, we just had this, like, wow this giant realization like oh my god this character is so much simpler than what we're used to and it's you can't feel that unless you play a technical character right because how would you know how would you know what to compare it to but the amount of things that you have to worry about in a game you know when you're playing a technical character versus an akali or a kami it's like it's so different it's there's so much less there sure and it's it's just it's kind of like you know, we've played a lot of Street Fighter in our days. We play a lot of different characters and stuff. And to get that much of a reaction from both of us, it's like, whoa, this is this is kind of nuts. And again, we, we can go to the, you know, the ceiling and all that stuff, which is an absolutely valid point, And we will talk about that. But it's it's just such a big difference. And you can kind of just go in there and do stuff and get, you know, find success. I mean, we've we've heard that before, and that is true to an extent. But I can tell you that also as a Nikali player, I'm never like we make a lot of jokes. I make jokes. I just say like, well, I wasn't thinking anything. I was just thinking devour hour when that happened. 
Um, but there's never a moment, like unless I'm just super disengaged and that's on me, but there's never a moment where I'm not juggling everything, like the space right. that I am away mm-hmm. from you, the moves I'm going to use and things like that. And uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about Street Fighter V in general as an easy game. And the main point that I think uh, that John was bringing up was that, yes, it's simple on the surface, but then that requires you to redirect your focus to maybe take a step back and see it on broader terms and start making decisions on these bigger, broader areas. And that is still very difficult. And I could apply that same line of thinking to Nikali's gameplay where, yeah, maybe he doesn't have as many options um, of his own to juggle uh, compared to a character like Manat, but that means that he has to be more efficient with those tools that he has and, and those single options, and then therefore he has to be more aware of a lot of different things because, uh, well, one, he's not preoccupied as much, right, in, in the more immediate game, but it, you just back it up and, and like your whole mental processing power has to go somewhere. And when I'm playing Nikali, it certainly isn't just, oh, I only need to use 10% of my brain. I can do that, but guess what? I'm not going to win matches against people that know what they're doing. And and just to like boil it down to just, he just presses roundhouse or something like that. Like that's, I guess, kind of why I would want to point to specifics because as oh, yeah. simple oh, of a yeah. character as Nikali is on the surface man, I'm constantly thinking and I'm constantly, and, and you could make the joke was, well, just Raptor's not very quick. And so he has to use all of his brain to play Nikali. It's like, no, man, there's a lot that goes into this. And you take a step back and you, and you look at the bigger picture and there's always more that you could be paying more attention to and refining in your game. So, I mean, this like, and, and I, I agree. That's a really well um, said point that you have there, John. I, I really agree with that. Now, my, my counter that would be, so you're having to, we've talked about juggling pins a lot. I love that analogy you came up with, Raptor. Perfect one for this game because it's so often the case that, okay, you can juggle five pins. Can you juggle six or seven, right? Can you can you handle that much? And most people cannot. Like there is a certain upper limit, even if you're freaking Tokido or whoever, like you, there's only so much you can juggle and watch out for in this game. It's, it's a staple of this game, a fundamental thing. So if you're playing Nikali though, we've just established he's more basic. You fundamentally have less juggling pins than anyone else has to juggle in a number of regards. You have to be very efficient with those. That's the trade-off you just mentioned, which I agree with, but you, you have fundamentally less stuff to do because you have a more basic character character and that basic character is quite strong so my argument goes back to if you're going to have a character that's that basic which is fundamentally not a problem i actually agree with what steven said you should have more basic characters that are easy to play for people my problem is is when they are a very strong character in this game you're basically propping them up in ways they should not be propped up in because you're making them too good for what they offer like too good for the investment that you're putting in yeah i i agree and when that's that's when you're like there has to be a character at the top, right? And sometimes when we talk about those, I will I will say that, and I'll say, and it it depends on the game that we're we're and the specific avenue of the game that we're talking about. But I'll say, someone has to be at the top, and it feels okay. I remember talking about Karen and saying like she might be the best character this season. Now she's certainly up there, but it's okay. That doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like there's a sense of injustice because she has to earn it by with punishing, and, and it's fairly clear to see that that Karen's earning a lot of what she does. Now a lot of people have a lot of problems with her still, and uh, and that's another discussion for another day. But I would use her as an example of someone that's earning it a lot more than someone that's just you know something into V trigger that was going to be safe anyway. I agree. 
So this has generally been resolved by Capcom's DLC releases. Like this is only really, I think, a problem with the launch characters in this game. Uh, I looking through, I could not find a single DLC character who falls into these categories. We looked, mm-hmm. like even Abigail or whatever. But it's like, well, Abigail's not that good anymore. No, right? Like, like Balrog was, Abigail was. Well, they, they those characters yeah, exactly. both had things that were just ridiculous. But if you looked at the stuff <clears> that was, G. yeah, exactly. G is a perfect example. He has B trigger one, which is pretty ridiculous. You know, there are some side effects to that as well, with it being a three bar and getting it later in the game and stuff like that. But that V trigger is still pretty bullcrap. And you know, Abigail season three, you know, Balrog season two, they had things that were pretty damn ridiculous and you know destroyed everybody basically. But if you looked at the other aspects of them, they weren't really just you know. You know, Abigail, you had to get in and do stuff, even now especially, but the rest of their game plan wasn't just, you know, super simple. There was more to those characters than the launch characters. Mm. I, I would... Ahead, John. I, we don't have to dig too far into this unless he's on your list, and I doubt that he is, but uh, I think Urian has certain aspects about him that when we talk about this particular topic, he pops up into my head a lot. Mm-hmm. And that is a great character to bring up. And I, if you are talking about pretty much everything but Urien's uh, V trigger, I actually agree with you. Mm-hmm. He is he is way too easy fundamentally of a character to play, but his V trigger does require some skill to set up and do properly. Like the the situations that come up, and oftentimes where you're seeing Urien players winning in tournament and other places, is off of his V trigger, and very often off of a setup that the opponent has not seen. It's clearly the and, most technical part of the character. I agree, hands down. And and if you've seen Urien setups, you know that he's going to walk back and he's going to freaking overhead you into his you know reflector right like you've seen all that stuff before the urian players have to get pretty creative and they really have to mind their spacing and what they're doing at that level and i went in there and tried this because a uh, dream king here would troll me with freaking urian he played season two urian oh he is a scumbag like you guys <laughs> have no idea oh my gosh this man but um and you don't get to defend yourself steven sorry That's <laughs> yep, we've turned but, your mic yeah, off my, my characters uh, <laughs> always got buffed into god status i picked them before and i was playing them before but we don't talk about that right we don't we don't talk about that. I was playing the characters before they got really good, but hey, it's it's you know John's world. So yeah, we, we we forgot. <laughs> yeah, about I know. We don't, we don't I was that, I was so. playing them when it was a struggle, and then they got really good. And oh my god, I'm I'm cheating. Right, so. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, that is one thing I did go and mess around with quite a bit with Urian is I'm like, ooh, this stuff is it's hard to set up, and if you're off just a bit of it, like you're losing that reflector. You know, you're like you have to have positioning, you have to have fairly tight setups and other things like that. You know, an EXDP, a super, uh, even a V reversal will get you out a lot of the scenarios that Urian can throw at you. Um, I mean, people they got so used to it in season two, we learned a lot of the counters there to the BMB stuff, and the BMB stuff is still good. The bread and butter stuff that you can do is still quite good but there's enough skill there where i don't feel like he's as big of a problem as these other three characters mm, i think the majority of rounds are played in uh before v trigger and then although v trigger tends to be the decider of rounds a lot of times although not as bad as it used to be but uh i think urian out of all the characters that i've i went through a period where it was birdie and then uh, a while that it's rashid and a lot of others have been up there but i think urian makes me feel the most not robbed because that kind of already has its own identity in in our vocabulary when it comes to Street Fighter Five, but just like, I mean, he does these moves that he just tosses them out and they happen to work, and and that comes in his normals. It comes in like most of his special attacks. They just they don't carry enough like whatever uh, uh, recovery to justify them. Um, and and you just yeah. see you just see Urian players 
they they have he has a million just do it's that's what it is he has a million just do it's and then if you get good with v trigger well man i guess you're nemo but um but yeah he's a character that makes me feel extremely frustrated and it's because more of his mostly because of his his normals and such uh but one other thing that pops up in my head here uh, that I wanted to make sure to bring up because specifically thinking about the execution of doing something like Urien's V-Trigger uh, Aegis Mirror sequences, those are some of the most difficult things in the game. And then I would say also Monat's V-Trigger one, uh, some of the most difficult things in the game. But that's also sort of a relative concept here because you say, well, a lot of people would argue that anything considered difficult in Street Fighter V is laughable compared to other game standards in the past and it's like well sure but we're talking about street fighter 5 it's like yeah but human beings are pretty damn impressive you know and and what they can do and what they'll put their time into and their mind to and how impressive is it to be able to like i feel like i could probably go lab some of these things and i certainly wouldn't get them at first and i'm not very good personally at execution so uh i would maybe probably take a little longer than the average person but i'm sure that if i really was devoted to it i could get this up in a reasonable amount of time where i could start doing these things in tournament like the execution barrier is a huge like conversation in street fighter 5 or the lack thereof so even if even if these are hard it's like yeah but compared to older games which is still very much a relevant part of the conversation none of this stuff is very hard to do you could argue that even completely i completely disagree I, I've played all the older games, and I completely disagree that Street Fighter V, its execution is in different spots, but I think it is j- even more taxing in some ways. Like, pure executionally, sure, I put Street Fighter Four as number one, but in some ways, what I have to juggle, the pressure, the situations I have to react to, I again, I put this execution up there pretty much on par with, with most other Street Fighter games. Uh, that's my interpretation of it, but Steven, how do you Yeah, feel? I mean, if you're sitting in the training room and you're trying to do, you know, Yuri and Aegis combos, sure. I mean, you you can practice them for a little bit and probably nail them most times, but just with the amount that you're juggling throughout every match of Street Fighter V and the mental back and forth and trying to do that stuff in high-pressure situations, it, it balances out. I mean, look at Sako. Sako that, still drops. Those same situations pop up in other games. Though. They do, but you have games like Street Fighter Four that have option selects and cover a bunch of different things. It's it's a very different... Uh, the way that you play the meta of Street Fighter V is, is a different thing, I feel like, and, and it... There's a lot of, of the mental, uh, it's it's hard to explain. There's a lot of, uh, we've talked about how mentally taxing no, no, Street Fighter I, I, 5 I is think, before, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly where you're going. Is, uh, the, the, when you have pressure and nerves going in, the execution is that much harder to do. And that is a very common thing. Um, yeah, and yeah. again, Sako still Yeah, but drops. you still don't have one frame links, and then you'd have one frame links or something along those lines with that same pressure. Uh, I've got one frame links with Monad. I've still got plenty of them. Right. Like, what it, I'm it saying is, is yeah. that, that the idea, first, I think we're only specifically talking about execution. And I guess we can talk about it in terms of, well, it's hard to do when you have the pressure from other parts of the game. But that's not unique to Street Fighter V. That, that pressure from all the other aspects of the game or being on stream or whatever, that's in all of the fighting games. Right, but again, you you look at something like you know it's it's we're comparing two games or multiple games that have different mechanics and different metas, right? I mean, you can say like, well, Street Fighter Four had you know one frame links, but again, we're not factoring in option selects and the way that you just fundamentally played the game, FADC, safe backdashes. Like, there's a lot more to the games that we're kind of not talking about because we're we're trying to say, well, Street Fighter Five doesn't have one frame links, right? So the execution is easy. But it's like we're talking about execution, right? And again, but option selects are not really part of execution. I mean, I mean they're a huge part huge of it. You have to have execution yeah. to do right. them. But I'm saying, yeah. like, if you're in a combo sequence with 
with Urian and you're and you're doing all this stuff, like you're not really worried about option selects at that specific point. Right, but in Street Fighter Four, I can practice how to do an option select, and I can just basically do that, and it covers four or five of my different options, right? And so I don't have to really have as many nerves versus you know playing Street Fighter Five, where if I don't land this combo in the corner, or if I did the wrong thing, that's my ass. It's a very different. You're yeah, dead. it's a different yeah. thing there yeah. because. The ner- I mean, I'm not saying there's no nerves in Street Fighter 4. That's not what I'm saying. But in Street Fighter 5, the game is unforgiving. It's, it's you put in, you know, you get out what you put in, right? So you have to risk stuff. And usually if you guess wrong or you made the wrong choice, you're dead. And so that is where it's a little bit different because you're worried like, hey, if I drop this big, you know, Sako Monat combo, I'm probably dead now. And there goes my, you know, my tournament life, right? So it's... There's a different. It's hard, It's a different thing. It's. It's not to say again that, you know, nerves definitely factor into the execution for Street Fighter Five in a very big way. Okay. And I want to jump in and just mention, John, you're not wrong. I've heard this from so many other people out there that Street Fighter Five is dumbed down, basic, all that stuff. And enough people that I respect where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't agree, but I also agree with Stephen where it's like a little bit apples to oranges. Um, I, I've heard this enough in the community where it's like, yeah, I can't. I have my own personal feelings, but I can't completely discount it because it's like enough people have said it where I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I do wonder the reasons for it. Some of it might be the character you choose. Um, some of it might be, you know, your personal experiences. I, I'm very tainted because, again, I play the most technical character in the game. So it's like, Ugh. and when I was playing Bison, I really felt it. I was like, this game sucks. I, I was not, again, I dropped Bison for how basic he was. Uh, it, it just was not a fun experience. And I'm like, Ugh. so your, your experience could be heavily tainted by the character that you use, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. So I, I want to, you know, we're, we're almost 50 minutes on, on this subject here, so I'm going to wrap this up. But um, you guys might be wondering, like, why did, why did you guys get in this big kind of, like, debate-like type thing? Why are you guys going back and forth about this and, and you know, going at each other? It's like, we're trying to work this out. We're trying to figure out what the answers are here for the community so we can all level up and get better because what happens when we're doing this stuff and we see, you know, our narratives out there on Twitter and other places like, you know, we're seeing stuff like top players are now mentioning, hey, uh, something needs to be done about, you know, V-trigger activations and whether that came from us, I don't know, doesn't matter, but that's what we're trying to get this information out in front of people to do is to discuss this stuff, to talk about it so we can level up and one, be more knowledgeable in our community and two, hopefully send that feedback to the developers and go, hey, this is what we're seeing. Like, can you guys either address this or like, you know, talk about like what's going on and we all get better. The games get better. All this BS that, that we're dealing with, is it actually truly BS or is it like a legitimate complaint? We're trying to work it out here among our team. Uh, this, it, we just talk about this stuff constantly. It's so important that we work it through. And then like, then we're able to present much more uh, factual, you know, and like accurate information to everyone, you know? And, and so that's how come we go about this stuff. It's how come we're 50 minutes into the subject. It is the stuff we talk about behind the scenes. Um, but I can also tell you guys that there is a ton of love and respect around our team and we go at each other um, like this because of how much love and respect we have for each other. I know it's kind of like ironic and whatnot, but like we respect each other enough to like argue on this level and like take everyone's arguments and viewpoints into, into consideration. You know, like I respect we, you guys. Yeah. I respect you guys. Now you guys mm-hmm. all suck and your opinions are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, Steven, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to this stuff, again, it, it's very much not a case of trying to nerf characters into the ground and things like that. It's it's more just trying to analyze and figure out where we can kind of improve things. Um, you know, I always think back to a character like like uh, Arcade Edition Yun in Street Fighter 4, right? 
and how good that character was and how pretty darn easy he was to play and how many top players picked him and how littered the tournament scene was with him. And, you know, not to say that these characters that we're talking about today are that character or like him, but that's what you want to avoid, right? I mean, that's that's the whole thing. You don't want to get tired of seeing the same characters over and over again, Rashid. You just don't <laughs> want to, right? I mean, it's you. It, it just makes everything feel stale and nobody wants to watch it. And that's not a good look for the game and not a good, you know, look for the game's health. And yeah, so that that's kind of what we're looking at with stuff and why we're talking about this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I, do I get final thoughts too? Of course. Oh, okay, course. cool. Uh, <laughs> so I was thinking, um, this idea is relevant, like I kind of started with, and there are situations where a tweak in this particular avenue would be all that you need to rectify a certain situation. And I mean, maybe even make a character valid where it wasn't seen as, as very valid in the eyes of the community for one reason or another. And uh, and I think, again, it is, it is a factor. But in my mind, where I'm trying to get an idea of how to balance Street Fighter V overall better, I don't think that this is the most efficient route. I think that there are some very specific situations but as like a, a blanket approach or even as like one of your lead approaches, I don't think that approaching it this way will get you the kind of results that you you need. I can't I can't see um, by coming coming from this angle, I don't feel like I have the tools to fix things, you know. So um, but I do agree that there are very much like this is absolutely a thing. It just isn't the the main thing when it comes to balance for whatever that's worth. All right. No, that's well said. And, and again, it's why we're doing this. We're trying to come up with different viewpoints. There are plenty of holes in all of our theories that we're, we're you know, putting out here. And, and, you know, we're looking at Capcom and going, fill in the blanks, ask, like, yeah. why don't you have this figured out? You know, it's hard. Uh, Mike Z, who is has nothing for lack of an ego and definitely putting opinions out there uh, about how great he is and how great the products he is uh, that he works on and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he, he's known for Skullgirls, but he... Um, he even flat out said, and he said many times, balancing these games is really damn hard. So, you know, that's that's why we're doing this. We're trying to get better, trying to get good, and, and there it is. Um, but Steven, dude, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. We wanted to bring you in and get your expertise. Definitely a lot of fighting game experience and knowledge, and, and yeah. So, Yep, always happy to hop on here and talk to you guys. All right, so next up, I did want to mention, uh, I brought this up last week, and I, I said that... Um, uh, Awada had, had mentioned uh, before he passed, of course, uh, that you know players could not beat the first level of Super Mario Brothers um, the, on the NES, basically. And he actually did say it. Uh, you called it as fake news, and you were right. <laughs> but he actually did say it. But apparently, it was satire, uh, irony. It was kind of a joke of sorts that he was basically making. Uh, and of course, lost the translation, you know, kind of thing. So I went back and looked it up because I wasn't sure. I'm like, well, John called me out on that pretty hard. I, w- I want to check it now. And you're right. I was wrong. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, I do try to research stuff in advance, but. I I mess up and you know looking at all the like major news publications when that kind of stuff happens and they don't correct it or issue an apology and they just try to bury it i'm happy to be working for this one all right well there it is um yeah i suck but anyway moving <laughs> on john you have uh, a recent experience here you wanted to talk about with street fighter 5 and kind of the juggling act yeah so we talk about that all the time right how it's uh, a micro juggling act when it comes to how many different things you have to be aware of and then picking the right options and committing to them and things along those lines. But it's also a macro juggling act in a certain sense. And I had a particular experience with that over the last two weekends 
because we had undefeated um, Angelic through his his yearly undefeated tournament. We had some people come in from out of town, which was great. We saw Kane Blue River there, had Diddy Mokov there, and Romance. It was wonderful to see those guys had a had a real fun time. And I ended up losing to our resident uh, Dalsim player again, and it. We go back and forth. He wins more often than I do, but we've gone back and forth in the past, and so it's been this, you know, juggling uh, or not juggling this uh, this pendulum swing back and forth. Uh, but it spends a lot more time on his his end. And right now, it has felt, or I'm sorry, that weekend, it felt like I had no answers to anything. And Nikali is regarded as a character that beats Dalsim, although I and and I do well against other Dalsims. Like even Dankadia's online, it's like that's a it's it, it goes in my way pretty often nowadays, but I cannot crack this one. His name is Akita, and you might have heard him. And then, of course, Diddy oh. Mokov was there as well, yeah. and those two were... It was a Dalsim Dalsim grand final, first of all. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but so I, and I felt completely helpless and i asked diddy mokov and he's like oh i don't speak english and i was like cry out you <laughs> know uh but and and so i was thinking about it uh because my matches against him were off stream so i couldn't go back and look at them but i was thinking about it and like how do i change things up and i was watching machibos play because he's by far the best nikali around right now and my adjustment that i needed to do was that i just needed to be more content with going forward i was playing too thoughtfully far away and trying to pick my spots and the adjustment that i needed was well it's dalsam put pressure on him you're going to take a bunch of damage trying to get in but you're going to get in and then it's and then it's cool and you need to be in that particular gear so i spent a lot of time focusing specifically on that right okay now fast forward to the following weekend we have another tournament and this one is is here in my hometown tucson and a couple of guys from phoenix come down ikita is not one of them but there are other big big boss from phoenix yusuf who is now playing zeku a very different character from uh from dalsam comes down and and he's really the guy to beat at this particular tournament and and uh we're playing and and i last game last round i end up losing to him and I realized I was implementing that forward movement that I had been specifically training myself like kind of subconsciously and consciously through the week leading up to this second event. And that was not the right answer against Zeku and against Yusuf specifically. And the right answer was, as I was playing casuals with him later, was to revert back to what I was doing against Akita, which was patiently waiting for them to maybe make the first move or at least half of the first moves and and react to what they're doing. And it just goes to show, like I've been playing this game for, what, almost four years now. And, and paying specific attention to these sorts of things so that I can share them on the website, so that I can tell you guys when we're, we're doing the podcast, but actively trying to be aware and watch others and play it and explore it myself. And still, I'm, I, I have a lot of trouble balancing this, my, this macro juggling act of when do I approach it like this? When do I approach it like that? And even more specifically, you need to make those changes in tournament a lot of times because there's plenty of tournaments where you play Yusuf and then you play Akita or vice versa here around in Arizona. So I say that to say, one, it's a kind of a, a it sucked and I wanted to share it because, you know, misery loves company. But two, it's a valuable lesson learned, even if it's one we've kind of already learned before, because it's one of those things that you have to constantly refresh. And we all know Street Fighter V requires that constant refresh. You can never be as simple as it seems to be. You can never be uh, uh, sitting down while playing. You know, you always have to be aware of everything. Yeah. And, um, and so if that kind of thing is still happening to you, 
I, I, you know, you feel absolutely helpless. There's almost always an answer you're just not seeing. And sometimes it's very obvious and it still happens to people that do this as their job. So take that for what it's worth. But that's my little juggling act story. Yeah, I, I've actually been playing Akita, uh, Akita a little bit online as well. Uh, I've ran into him a number of times. His Dalsim is a wall. Uh, his wall is better than any Dalsim player I've ever played before. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Manat's answer, actually, I've been really heavily researching this matchup, is to not try to, to march in on Dalsim. It's to actually back off and to try mm-hmm. to zone him out. And I've been learning all this tech to like you know keep me at a distance from him. Uh, like For example, like Manat really needs to use her, her down V skill, which is worthless in a number of matchups, but with the arc of Dalsim's fireball, it lands right on her head and so she's able to reflect it like perfectly that way and so all this like little tech and whatnot but this guy is very good he's very sharp um and uh i actually played a player last night uh when i was you know kicking Sacco's butt in terms of points. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, and his name is Mario DB, and he plays Karen, and he plays G. And, oh, and he uh, used to a, play Guile. Was, the, the guy plays a lot of characters yeah, at a high level. Yeah, he does. Like, he's very impressive. And so Karen, um, I, I, Karen, I, I think Manat beats, actually. I think it's 6-4. Um, I think it's a good matchup for her. Yeah. I usually beat most of Karen players I, I run across, and I've beaten him before a few times. Not last night. Uh, and he got a good read on me, and then we played again like an hour or two later, and he was using G. And um, I'm very good in the G matchup, uh, I can I can beat Dekadias pretty consistently. And like we go back and forth, we're probably like 50-50 now these days. Um, he's a very strong G player as well. And then of course Dream King is a G main. Um, but Mario DB saw something in what I was doing. And he saw certain spacing and certain timing, and he blew me the hell up. And I'm like, dude, I'm really good against G, and you kicked the living crap out of me. What the? And so I, I was, you know, getting cleaned up and whatnot last night. I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, what the hell was he doing to just blow me up like that? That does not happen. I, I do not lose to G players like that anymore. Like, I just, I know the matchup really well, but he did it. And, and it just made me realize that, like, yeah, I've gotten this far. I'm very happy with where I've gotten, but there's a whole nother freaking, you know, hallway to go traverse and stuff like that and walk down uh, of like getting so much better. And it's like, damn it. You know, like, okay, I'm, I'm happy with where I got. I thought I got a, you know, a little further maybe than I have gotten, but I, I'm still probably going to lose to Sako. But exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's not only that that hallway's there. Sometimes that's like in my case, that's a hallway that I've been down before right. and and i've and i've and i know the i know these walls i know these halls whatever uh and 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 for whatever reason you're standing in this like vestibule and there's like all these different hallways that you can go down and that you need to go down all of them at different points in time and then sometimes for whatever reason you forget one of them even exists and then that's what leads you to usually feel like helpless like there isn't an answer i've exhausted everything it's like well no it's that the answer is only found in one hallway and you're not going down that one. You know, you're not making yeah. that choice. You're not examining that particular juggling pin. However, whatever metaphor you want to use, I think you guys get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's again, the, the beauty in this game, I really do appreciate so much of, of the depth that happens. You know, despite the complaints that we all have about it, like there's, there's a lot more going on. And until I win Evo, you know, 10 times in a row with my eyes closed or whatever, like I'm always going to try to appreciate that there's a lot of depth that I have just not discovered, you know, and and I really need to be humble and continue to approach this game and try to figure it out. You know, I joke about the Sako stuff. That guy would blow me out of the water in like, 
probably, you know, if we played 100 times, he'd probably win 99 of them. And if I got that one win, I'd be thrilled. You we know? should try I mean, to like, set you guys up to play each other at Capcom Cup. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. That so, was sick um, with that be. Uh, I've got thing... a man crush on Sako, so I've, I've had that for a while. But anyway, <laughs> just be all nervous and stuff the whole time. And no. uh, But you said one thing I wanted to comment on. You you addressed the complexity when we get out to this particular realm. And and I think with this example, the, the hallways or whatever, people can appreciate, especially if they've been there before, that that is a challenging thing that requires a, a lot of a lot of juice to be able to achieve and especially to be able to achieve it on a consistent basis. And that does in a way validate the difficulty or, or put Street Fighter V in like a in, in an ample difficulty kind of light. Mm-hmm. And as I think about that personally, my reaction is that's not really the game I want to play when I sit and play fighting games. And that's my yeah. personal preference. Yeah. It is the game that we found. And I don't even know that you realized this before you played Street Fighter V, that you appreciate this style more than you've appreciated any other Street Fighter thus far, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, it's. Street Fighter 2, this is a very similar game to that, but the, the mechanics in Street Fighter 2 were not very good. There's so mm-hmm. much broken stuff in Street Fighter 2, like, you know, like you soften throws, you don't tech them, and all this other stuff that just is very janky and kind of terrible. Uh, I appreciate the polish that has gone into this game, and then the mental back and forth. I love it. I think mm-hmm. it is a, a terrific game, but despite being very, you know, fundamentally flawed, like, towards offense and stuff. Sure, and and it has its other issues outside of this realm, too, for sure, as, as all, do, all games do have. But I, I think that there's a, a pretty respectable point where I just go Street Fighter Five and I just say, I think we found it. I think yeah. this is where we disagree. And it's not mm-hmm. that you're wrong and it's not mm-hmm. that I'm wrong. It's just that we don't work together anymore, Street Fighter Five, And maybe we can have a constructive breakup. No, no, but see, I don't even want to go that far because I want to keep playing this game until something else, Street Fighter, comes around. So And I, and I will. But... If there's been this like war, I, I say this not because it's just the thing that I'm going through, but I, I bet you a lot of people in the community are feeling this. And I think maybe the answer that we've all kind of had but haven't dug down deep enough to get to is somewhere in uh, what we're talking about here. That it's just, I, yeah. it, it's fine, but it's not the game that we were expecting. And some people are like, well, I wasn't expecting it, but I actually like it. And some people are like, no, I want to play what I'm used to or what I'm expecting. And that's fine yeah. too. And, and I love that you, you said that because it is a very important lesson that we need as a fighting game community. And it's a lesson for the, that we can take back to the developers and say, this is where you went wrong. The game is too reads based. It does need a little bit more um, safety rails or something like that to kind of prevent like the randomness from happening. But I don't want to put words in your mouth here. Like, like let, let's actually try to address this here a little bit mm-hmm. so we can take this back to the community, developers, all that kind of stuff and, and help put this out there in perspective. Where do you think Street Fighter V goes wrong that makes you not want to play it? Like what upsets you the most right now about the game? I actually I thought about this earlier. The transition, and it was when I was in the car, so I couldn't write it down, but the transition between 4 and 5 was a specific a specific movement away from option selects and into commitment. Mm-hmm. That was what the developers, at least one of the things that the developers had at the forefront of their minds, and that yes. was an, incenti- or an intentional initiative. System, yeah. 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 So if we're making the jump from Street Fighter V to say Street Fighter 6, I would hope that their main focus would be on risk versus reward. That's pretty damn broad, but the main problem that I have with the game, if I were to say something to the developers, it would be 
you need to focus on the specifics of risk reward. Every time you're designing a move or a sequence, like V trigger cancels, things like that, you need to consider what comes out of it more. And yeah, you've had 30 years and maybe they should know this, but uh, they clearly have shown that there are some pretty egregious areas where they, they, they missed the mark in this game. Um, I'm not saying that to say, oh, you suck. I'm saying that to, well, when you make the next thing, please pay attention to that. So my answer to your question is the risk reward. I hope they, they focus on that as one of their key initiatives. Now, you and I have been over that before, and I, I want to make this clear. I 120% agree with what you just said. I think that is a huge focus that needs to be there. I have a little bit more to add, but I want to mention that that's not a narrative that I, I hear out there a lot outside of our circles. I'm hearing it more. You know, I'm definitely hearing it more um, from other people, but is that a central focus that is foremost in people's minds if Capcom sticks the landing, the launch of Street Fighter V, and they do things right? Is Are these issues with the gameplay as big of issues as, as they are right now if Capcom does better in that regard? If Capcom nails the first impression, everything comes through thereafter in more rose filters, right? Okay. Rose-colored filters. Sorry, I know that you're all about Rose, and it's probably <laughs> sad for you to hear me bring up her name. My, my bad. I just don't want anyone to bring her up, so it, she doesn't oh, get leaked. Right, but right, I, right. I somehow I tweet at Ono or something like that and like troll him a little bit. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a crazy man, but yes. Yeah. So it lessens the effect, and I think if people are, uh, if your game has charisma then they're more forgiving and they're less quick to jump on it for things. Mm -hmm. But I think I've investigated it enough and looked at it from enough angles that I can say that this is a fairly foundational problem of the problems that I experience and that I think the community experiences. And that, yeah, maybe the, the general attitude towards it would have been lessened, but I think that this is an issue independent of the, the other problems that the game has seen. Very well said. Uh, and I, I totally agree. Um, I will add that on top of what you've mentioned, I think that there are specific expectations that have to be met with a Street Fighter title in the fighting game community. And as much as I love Street Fighter V, this is a very Marvel-y Street Fighter game. And I think that what is acceptable in Marvel is completely different than what is acceptable in this game. And when you have overpowered offense and you have setups that are pretty much like 50-50 and they melt you and all that kind of stuff, I think that works perfectly in a Marvel game. And I think it's a beautiful spot for it. And I think when you have that in a Street Fighter game where you're, you're known for playing footsies and you're known for being able to have some defensive ability, and I think that the, the most beloved games in our, our franchise outside of Street Fighter 2 have been more defensive games. Street Fighter 3 is very defensive. The Alpha games are typically more defensive than offensive. And then Street Fighter 4 was definitely, um, they worked so hard to make the game offensive. And that, that led to very lopsided Okazemi, you know, option selects, like even then, but they added more defensive options with, you know, delayed wake up and whatnot. It's, you want a 50-50 balance in there, but I would say that, that, the, the games have trended more towards a little bit more defense than offense in the past. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to kind of continue that. And as much as I love offense, like you have to meet people's expectations. You can't make a brand new football game and, and put like high school players in there. You got to have the <laughs> NFL license, right? That yeah. is an expectation. And, and the expectation is that Street Fighter is a footsies game. That is Street Fighter. This is where we learn footsies from. And when you you mitigate that heavily with overpowered offense and other stuff, you're you're harming what Street Fighter is. And and so I agree with you. I think that even if Capcom did stick the landing, this stuff would be coming back up. And we'd be like, 
what the hell? You know, type thing. It's just, it doesn't fit the the vision that we have in our head. And and that's like, I've never had issue with people saying, I just don't really like the game. You know, I, I love Street Fighter. I don't really like Street Fighter Five. And I go, yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah. And one more thing I'll say to that um, and about Capcom is I know that you're also, and this is, I guess, to Capcom, I know that you're you're having to balance the game and create the game and juggle esports and what you're going to do there and make sure that you got new people coming in. And for everyone that would say, well, I just want to be grassroots and not have to worry about new people. And it's like, yeah, get out of here. You're not even part of the conversation because we're here in, well, it was 2016, but we were in, now we're in 2019. And that's part of the damn conversation. So you can't just throw that out. It's here to stay. It's part of what fighting games are growing into. And it's not objectively a bad thing. Uh, so I, I, I get that you're balancing all that stuff and I don't expect a perfect product. I would just hope that we continue to move in the direction of perfection and and I'm looking forward to what comes next. And by that, I mean not only whatever Street Fighter Six is or the next thing, but whatever they update Street Fighter Five with, if they continue mm-hmm. to, to balance it or change the mechanics or whatever they end up doing, I'm just looking for progress. And that's, I'll be happy with progress. And they've done a lot right. And they've made a lot of progress in recent times with this game. Look back at how it was in the earlier seasons and the stuff that we complain about now and, and look back then and you just like, I, I can't even believe it, you know. So um, I, I do appreciate, I don't think I say that enough. I appreciate everything, you know, from, from Capcom that they're still doing this and, and doing all these things. And it's like, it's not all bad. It's just that we focus a lot on the negative because we want it to be changed and, and move towards, you know, towards the perfect realm. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned progress. And I I did actually want to chime in about how games do evolve over time. And uh, so Capcom put in the focus attack mechanic, right, to appease the Street Fighter 3 fans because it was a way of doing the parry. The parry was considered a very advanced mechanic in Street Fighter 3. A lot of people could not do it. They actually made it easier to do, I believe, in Street Fighter 3 Third Strike where they elongated the the frames that you could make a successful parry in. I think it was like two frames before and I think it like became three or four or something like that in Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Don't quote me on that but I think they at some point they made the parry a little easier to do um so um the focus attack was made to kind of appease the the parry users right and to also give you know a technical uh skill thing the focus attack dash cancel all that kind of stuff and then you had the level three focus which was an unblockable attack for every character in the game and Capcom figured out that medium blockables could be very powerful and they needed something to offset that and so they put the invincible backdash into street fighter 4 uh being a rose player the invincible backdash became a very notorious part of her gameplay and a number of other characters too and it gave you this really brilliant defensive mechanic that was probably a little too good for every cast member and i think capcom realized that and nerfed it down maybe a little too much in street fighter 5 um but they did nerf it down and and that is where I'm going with this is like, this is how games evolve. Like we want a focus attack mechanic. We want it to work this way. This is why, but it's so strong. We need to implement something else now. And that is what the developers do, right? And and so you're never going to end up with a perfect game in that scenario. You're always going to be adding in different things and taking away from others to try to achieve that balance of fun, interesting, and all that kind of stuff. And when focus attack was first announced, a bunch of Street Fighter 3 players were like, this is scrubby, this is stupid, this is a dumb mechanic, just give us parries, parries are perfect, they work great. Well, parries weren't perfect because a lot of people did not play Street Fighter 3. 
lot of people thought the game was too hardcore, too intense. A lot of problems with the parry thing. Yeah, at a grandmaster level, when you have incredible players playing it, it was a great mechanic. I loved doing a great parry. You know, uh, there's so many great parry moments outside of Evo, you know, moment number 37, like where you're just so in awe of the read and the counter that someone did there. Um, mm. It's just, there's some brilliant moments that happen, but they did not happen enough at lower levels, so Capcom needed to dial back that mechanic. We got focus attacks, and Street Fighter Four ended up being maybe the most technically executionally heavy uh, fighting game that Capcom has done in the Street Fighter series. So it's interesting how this stuff all evolves and kind of moves around. Like it's it's you know making. It a sounds perfect- like it sounds like in the Simpsons episode of uh, it was one of the Treehouse of Horrors, and I don't even remember the specific chain, but it was like I. Well, it's this it's this thing. It's when you have the city has too many rats, so they bring in a bunch of cats to to get rid of them, but then they have a cat problem, yes. so then they have to bring in wolves to get rid of the the cat problem and then they have to bring in focus attack to get rid of the wolves and and things like that. Yes. But I think that there is also a balance to that that eventually occurs and and hopefully it's not well then in winter they all just freeze to death or something like that. I think the fix is a little <laughs> bit more focused than that, but uh but we'll see. I I do want to remind people, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 is a brilliantly balanced game. There are some problems with it, but overall, people really do hold up that game on a pedestal. It's maybe the best balanced Street Fighter game ever. Uh, Super Turbo, I know, gets some um, recommendations there. Hyper Fighting, I know, uh, a few others. But, I mean, for my my money, I would probably bet it on Ultra Street Fighter 4. Like, I mean, the amount of characters they had and how many different, you know, things they had going on. I would say that game. But that took them a long time to get there. And you look at some of the other seasons of Street Fighter 4 and you go, oh, man, that was bad. Like they had the unblockables um, and uh, uh, ultra unblockables, you know, like where you'd like throw a fireball and like the first frame of whatever the ultra would activate and, and then the ultra would be unblockable. And so like uh, they had multiple unblockables in this game, like and it was just, uh, you know, and, and there were a lot of problems. Uh, some of the characters were way too dominant. Um, Vanilla Sagat, of course, is very infamous now, um, but, you know, plenty of others. And uh, Elena, oh, my gosh, like. Healing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that character would be like in this day of social media and kind of like the outrage culture and all that stuff. Like the memes of Elena might be like just overwhelming the Internet at this point in time. You know, it's also a great band name. The memes of Elena. There you go. Uh, so it, it there's so much that goes into this stuff and it, it is good to step back and appreciate it and appreciate the developers on here. I've mentioned before. I will mention again. They work super hard. And a lot of these people have been at Capcom for a lot of years and seen a lot of stuff there. Um, and it's as much as we complain about the things that, that are out there and we want to get better, there's a bunch of stuff we are not complaining about. And we say, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, and this is a good game that we're all still playing. You know, we're, we're not at a point of like, ah, we don't care. You know, like whatever, Street Fighter Five. like we still care about the game. And that is a big mark under its name. It's uh, You can look at a bunch of other titles we simply do not care about. Marvel Infinite is one of them. And, and that was not that long ago. And it's the fact that we care and we're still going. That's a, it's a you know couple gold stars on the name. All right. That's enough saying nice things about Capcom. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> okay. It feels weird. I'm itchy. <laughs> well, I guess we better wrap it up there, actually. Um, so yeah, anyway. tune in next week when we say nice things about Sony. Yeah. Oh, that. Um, I don't. I don't have words for that statement. John. <laughs> I don't have words for that. One. Neither do we. It's going to be a real short podcast. Arshel, once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you soon. See you guys. We have some breaking news.